who who whose birthday is it it's Jin's birthday I got my mind set on you I got my mind set on you I got my mind hey Jin happy birthday HBD Jin happy birthday Jin happy birthday Jin what's up Jin happy birthday hey Jin happy birthday brother Hey, Chen. Happy birthday, man. Happy birthday, Poppy. Chen, my man, happy 30th, or however old you tell people you are. Hope it's a good one. More here. Less here. May your playful skepticism outlive your 20s. How old are you, 18 or 32? I don't know, because you're from the Dominican Republic. Um, just wanted to let you know that you are without a doubt my favorite Dominican guy outside of uh, David Ortiz and Pedro Martinez and Hanley Ramirez and Manny Ramirez and Rafael Devers and Eduardo Nunez and Al Horford, uh, Marco Hernandez. Um, see, they've got a... Sox have this young prospect named Gilberto uh, Jimenez, and I'm pretty excited about him. He's only like 20, but uh, after those guys, definitely my favorite Dominican. Also your mom, I like your mom more than you. I was gonna try to do this one in Spanish, but then I remembered I speak European Spanish and not East Coast Spanish, so I thought perhaps it wouldn't translate. So have a good one, buddy. We'll see you at the Academy. I'm growing my beard out and I'm taking a dump right now, but I just wanted to tell you, don't always listen to Berkey, especially with poker advice. He's going to steer you wrong sooner or later, and you're going to blame him. But you can listen to me. Listen to me. Hola! Cristiano! Feliz Navidad! Espero que celebran muchas bolas de alegra por placer. Eres mi papi. Chulo. Favorito. Happy quinceanera, bitch. Alright, everyone. Welcome vlogcast. Number 14, brought to you by Solve for Why Enterprises. Ooh. Christian Soto, Matt Berkey, a statue of a man that's thinking on a rock. It was a gift, man. I'll give that to you. Nick, I can't pronounce his last name, R. All right, well, sorry, Nick. Uh, he came to the academies. Yeah, he's a nice dude. He won uh, all that money. He did. Uh, he won the Golden Nugget about two years ago. And, of course, the Dominican flag. Always mi patria. What's up, man? Good to see you, man. Your pot, pot mi patria, like your that's, dad. No, that's that's my padre. <laughs> mi padre. <laughs> this is mi patria, like your your pride. Ah, I see. It's literally on the flag. It's just. Oh, right. Yeah, I get it now. I feel you, man. <laughs> um. All right. Well, this episode is gonna be like pretty all-encompassing. Is, is that is that the thing? That's the way to to say a lot of things are put together. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I'm trying to, you know. I got a match, you, you know. You're hitting those Nick Howard words? Uh, not Nick Howard. I'm building up, you know. I'm getting on the, 
Who do you think has big words? You or Nick Howard? We're we're both uh, we're both very verbose. He's very technical. Verbose. So you'll get a lot of like paradigm. Oh shit. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Be Nick Howard. I'll be the other one. <laughs> who's, the, who's the other one? The other person that was trying to be Nick. Yo, you know what I was thinking? I don't want to promote people's brands on our stuff without getting paid. So, like, there you go. Okay. What's up, man? You're, you're just on one tonight? Yeah, I was listening like? to some hardcore rap on my way back here. <laughs> I was not fucking around. I was listening to Method Man, Jay-Z, real shit. Mm. This, this hat thing, I'm not, I'm not so sure. I like my curls, man. Yeah, I, I agree. Was trying to, I was trying to, you know, I got to be flexible. I like the camo, though. I think that's a good look for you. The who? The camo. Camouflage. You know, in my country, there's only palm trees. Like you can't, you, you, there's palm trees and sands. You ain't going nowhere. Like they no camo. Like you're just, you're just there. But uh, yeah, man, it's good to see you. You left a little early from Reno, um, but they got my ass. Sorry, right. but like, um, I want to talk like some topics. Like, you know, we went up to Reno. I I drove there. You flew there, and that kind of like on the way back, I was just like, man, like. We got pretty fortunate because Jimmy, like, he's obviously the best there, like, you know, our host, and he, like, comps rooms and everything. But, like, say it wasn't comped. Say it was just, like, you have to go there, pay $250 a night. Sure. You know, now it's, like, $1,000 plus travel plus food. You know, he comped everything. Yeah. Um, And that kind of brought to me, like, poker and, like, expenses that go with poker, right? And just, like, travel costs, especially if you're, like, a tournament pro. How's my hair, man? I feel like that shit fucked me up. No, you're good. All right. Well, and, you know, we always, have, we always talk about these things. Like, when we're going to Bahamas, like, you know, now it's like, oh, PCA, is it really worth it? You know, things like Australia, things like Florida. Um, and you used to not travel for, like, a long time. Like, I know, like, you didn't leave the country for, like, since, like, PCA one time that you left. You know? I've, I've only been out of the country three times. I've gone to PCA twice and Aussie Millions once. Nah, that's facts. That's not facts. No, it's true. Want to bet? Where else do you think I went? No, Canada? Do you Canada? Canada counts, man. Montreal, no, they don't even speak English. Canada doesn't count. It's, our, it's like going to Mexico. It's just another part of North America. Yeah, well, they don't let Mexicans in anymore. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> they're, uh, you know, they're going through a process. You, yeah, you read as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm saying. No. But uh, let's, talk about, let's talk about expenses. Like, you're a cash game player, but, like, you obviously have traveled. You obviously know that side of the business. Like... How do you make decisions based on travel? Um, I think it's harder now because, you know, when I was coming up, tournaments were just really soft anywhere you went. Mm-hmm. So really it was the, the decision wasn't necessarily like how much were your expenses going to be. It was more so like what kind of volume could you get in at each stop? So <clears throat> that was that was like people. That's why like rebuys came, became a thing, you think? Yeah, reentries at least. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of necessary. It's like, so for instance, I go to Florida, uh, twice a year, every year. And the one in April, it's literally just a 5k WPT, I think, mm-hmm. or it's a 3,500, yeah. whatever. There's like no reentry, right? Or is that the one in August? No, no, no. There, yeah. The one in April, there is reentry. Okay. Um, but without reentry, there's really nothing else to play. They have decent prelims, but just like nothing I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. So it's like literally the WPT main and then a 25K. Mm-hmm. And that's difficult to justify, but because of reentry and because it's a vacation destination and it's a break and you can like easily justify spending, like that's one of those trips where uh, it's one of the few trips where I book a return flight. 
because I'm just going to stay the whole time anyway. Okay. So even I if see. I bust early, I just chill on the beach. Because for it's days. like a tropical kind of thing. Yeah. 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 And you did that this year, right? You, you stayed for the beach. In April. <laughs> not this not this past time. All right. Let's talk about that. Like, so what happened? I paid double to get my ass home. <laughs> Yo, you're fucking rich, bro. <laughs> so the story, the, the, I heard a little bit of a story. Like, effectively. You heard it on the podcast. Well, yeah. But like. <laughs> they all know the story. Nah, but like, you paid double. Yeah. I, I had I had a flight booked for Tuesday that cost me two fifty plus early bird, which is two seventy five. But I wanted to leave as soon as possible after busting Sunday. So for me to change it to Monday morning, it was gonna cost me like five seventy five total. It was worth it. I drove to Reno. I, I I didn't pay nothing. I'm fucking I'm not as rich as you. But um, okay, so how do you make decisions now? Uh, I think now it's more so just like um how worth it is it as a stop as a whole right so Mm -hmm. how much value is there in the event and then how much life value is there in the ability to turn this into like a work slash vacation type thing because you don't like going to borgata anymore you you kind of you did you never like going to borgata i liked it when i lived in pittsburgh right 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 but now it's like hard to justify flying to atlantic city i never liked it once i moved to vegas it was right. just so far it was always so like in the heyday of Bergada, when it was like the mecca of the east coast mm. it was impossible to get a room there mm. and i used to go for like the entire series so like 2010 2011 2012 i would go and i would stay for like 18 days mm-hmm. and just like grind because the cash was good yeah so like, it's, it's gotten good again Really? Like, yeah, it's like when it runs, it's like 1025s running, 2550s Yeah, running. but I mean, there was like six, five, 10 games. No, that, that like happens, yeah. Multiple 1025 games. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back. It's like kind of back. That's, I mean, is, that's good to hear. Good for them. Yeah. Um, but like, I just couldn't justify because I was paying $200 a night. Oh, yeah, it still is, kind mm-hmm. of. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of expensive. But like, if you stay across the street at Harris, um, it's a little bit cheaper. People don't even know this story. Like, uh, early on in our friendship, we, you went to fly and play the 15K when it was still at Borgata. This might have been the last time I went to Borgata. No, you went one more time. I went one more time yeah. after that, yeah. Uh, and you went, you went to Borgata, and you were like, yo, can I get a room there? And I had just left Atlantic City. I was like, I was like maybe like an hour from my house and an hour from Atlantic City. Yeah. Like, I was in the road. <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was like... So yeah, I, I came I, from Florida. It was a last-minute decision. Yeah. I was just going to play. And you were the- like, yo, can I get a room there? And I was like, I'll get you a room there because I had like, you know, I had comps and shit. So like... I turn around and just like go there. How did you turn around? You weren't driving. I made some good. I was going with Oscar. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. <laughs> so, so I was like, yo, I got to go back, get a room for my boy Burke. And I was, he was like, we're going back? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, man, I got to do him the favor. How is he going to get the room? He wants to play the 15K. I mean, I want to see if he wants the 15K, you know? And I was like young and wide eyed. And I was like, yeah, man, I'm going back. So I went, get you the room and shit. I didn't even play poker. I was just like there. It was like yeah. extra days. I think I played like a couple, like two, five sessions, maybe. Yeah, funny, uh, funny part of that story is I lost my favorite pair of shoes at the time. I just left them in the room whenever we, yeah. like after the event was over. And uh, I like badgered Bergata for really? weeks trying to get these shoes. Because I like tried to see if I could just replace them. Mm-hmm. And they were discontinued. They just, uh, they were penguin shoes. And they like, just didn't make that, that style anymore. And I was so pissed. It was like, I have to find a way to get these back. They just, who knows, size 13, somebody's got to be wearing them somewhere out there. Wow. That's wild. Yeah, that was a good trip. I, well, a sort of good trip. I think I got like 13th, got like 13th or, something. or something. Yeah, yeah. Asher, Asher won. That was the, 
That was the the series where Asher won like two major tournaments at the Brigada. Well, he won the opening event. Yeah, he won the opening event and like the alleged misclick yeah. to get into the 15k. Yeah, yeah. which is nobody believes it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, so how I'm making decisions to travel is I think there's like certain certain stops that are like must plays now. Like obviously LEPC 10k must yeah. play. Uh, Florida the 5k like that's like a five mil sometimes a ten mil must no, play. No, no, three mil. Wasn't it a five? It was mil? a ten mil the very first time yeah. they ran it. A five mil the year thereafter, and when Coleman like, won it, and then ever since it's been like okay. a three mil. Okay, yeah. But they break it like it was right, over right, four right, million right. this time. Um, so those I think are like very enjoyable stops for me. LAPC a little less than Florida, but LAPC is still very high value. Yeah. Uh, and then, will you go back to Bay 101 now that it's gonna start running again? I liked it there. I thought it was nice. I didn't really like the city, like San Jose. Like yeah. I thought it was like kind of whatever. But I thought there was a lot of high value. Um, and kind of that whole just, like, span yeah. of just, like, a couple of days. Like, you go to, like, LAPC and then just go shoot up to Bay 101. It's kind of nice. It's pretty enjoyable. I remember you and I listening to Ed Sheeran on the way up to San Jose. We drove it. I'm, I, I can't believe I talked myself into driving that. So I drove to L.A. and I didn't want to leave my car there and mm -hmm. fly to Bay. So I ended up driving to Bay 101, busting quickly, and then driving right straight home to Vegas from there for like eight hours. It's a long drive. You have this tendency of just like snap leaving places. Oh, I get a sour taste very quick. You just like, you could be in like the nicest place to have the best room, the nicest women hitting on you. And you're just like, I'm out. I like, I like home, man. I like routine. I like, uh, especially after a loss, like mm -hmm. I want to reset immediately. There's yeah. nothing that makes my skin crawl more than like, sitting in a hotel room trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. Yeah, that's fair. That's definitely fair. So what are your must plays? My must plays are LAPC, Florida. I'm still not like a must play on five diamond, but I feel like it, it probably should be for sure. Yeah. It's local. Obviously I, I'm not going to count any summer events. Right, like, right. Uh, I'm just talking outside summer, LAPC, Florida. I think there's a Borgata that is like, very big some point in January. In, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like 3,500 and it's like, you know, if you can beat uh, fucking the GOAT of Brigada, your boy from Philly, remember? No. From yeah. Philly? No, not from Philly. He's from, like, he's from PA, though. Isn't he from Erie or something? Oh, Darren Elias? Yeah, you can't beat him. If you can beat Darren Elias, then you can win the Brigada January. <laughs> but if you can't beat Darren Elias, just, just stay home. <laughs> like, the guy wins every Brigada event. It's not even fair. It's like... It is not fair. It's just like Darren Elias, Paul Volpe. Darren Elias, Paul Volpe. It's like, man, give me a break, man. Let me break in. <laughs> like, let me live. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of value. So, like, it's hard to find must plays because I think that, like, if you really want to grind, you can find a must play every month and just mm -hmm. be on the road constantly. What do you think about rake? So, some of these, some of these people say that WSOP Cs are kind of really high value, but the rake is too high and for... If you're going to travel the circuit, you really need to get that seat, uh, that championship seat. Um, only 50 people get it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Ari Angle plays all of them, so mm -hmm. I assume that the rake is not unbeatable. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine anything that – like, he's pretty studied when it comes to this stuff, I would assume. He's made a career out of it. I would trust his instincts. Uh, I don't even know what the rake is, so it's hard to say. I just know that, like, it takes a special level of dedication – to go hit Potawatomi, Milwaukee, 
in the middle of nowhere. And Shout out to Palawami, Milwaukee. We see you. We are out here. You in the comment section. If you are from Milwaukee, hit up the comment section. Let us know where you want us to go next. Must plays in Milwaukee are granted here. Uh, yeah, I, I just couldn't imagine like picking up, traveling, staying in a stay comforted, and then playing a 110. You don't like the comfort in? I'm I'm beyond the comfort in. I've had many many nights in the comfort in. Tom, tell us tell us tell us your lights in the comfort in. I've I've never seen you in the comfort in. I always see you in like. Yeah, we some... used to share beds in college for like road games. So mm. we would just get these awful motels that mm. were like two beds to a room. It would be four players to a room. I would have to fucking sleep like head to toe, just barely. I mean, there weren't even queens. They were just like, it was just two beds. What do you mean head to toe? Like, you know, somebody sleeps on one end of the bed, the other person sleeps on the other. My mom used to make me do that with my female cousins. <laughs> <laughs> what was she afraid of? <laughs> I don't know. This shit, you don't, you don't fuck around with cousins and do it. <laughs> just, head to toe, head to toe every time. <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's pretty funny. What? I'm uh, just saying. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, we stayed in some really dingy fucking places that were probably like 50 bucks a night or whatever. You make do. Yeah, that's kind of like what happens in AC when you don't have a, a room either at Borgata. First or, time I ever stayed at AC, yeah. had to be a drug motel or a hooker joint or something like that. It was off the highway, like uh, probably a mile from Borgata or so. Mm -hmm. So it was like in that no man's land between Borgata and the, the swamps. It was in the swamps. Yeah. Between like Brigada and the boardwalk, which you didn't even know existed for. I, I didn't know the boardwalk. I was um, a grinder, man. Good. And like, yeah, it's like you walked into this motel room and it just looked like it hasn't been upgraded since the 70s. I can't believe we spent any money on it. Like it was, it was just straight dangerous. <laughs> it's, it's dangerous. All right. So we go to Reno for some cash games. Most people don't travel for cash games, but this is a very unique event. It's a I mean, Most people should travel for this cash game. Well, you know, keep, yo, shut up, man. Keep it low. All right. Well, we go travel for a cash game, cash game festival. This is like a new thing. This isn't really like things that really happen, but Run It Up and Peppermill joined forces to get a cash game festival. It started Thursday through today. I drove down here to film this vlogcast with you and it ran all every day, 1025 plus. And how, what'd you think of the experience? I went, you and I went. Yeah, um, it's not the first time I've gone. This is like my third or fourth time there, I think. It's always great. Jimmy just does a really good job of coordinating things, making sure that there's enough action. Um, but this is the first time that there is a stream attached to it. Kind of. I went for Poker Night in America in 2014, 13, something like that. Well, I'm trying like to give Run It Up their credit, okay? All right, Run fine, <laughs> yeah. It was their first Pepper Mill Live. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like... Jimmy's been doing it for a while. Yeah, Jimmy's yeah. been doing it very consistently, at least twice a year, sometimes more often. Mm -hmm. And it's always pretty good. Um, I think that, like, with Jay Carver attached and run it up, what the potential evolution of this could be would be something more, like, I don't want to compare it too much to tournament circuits, but, like, something more like a cash circuit where, you know, we're not just limited to this idea of pitching it on being 1025 no limit hold'em, right like there was a good plo game that ran for four days mm -hmm. uh and that's nice now you have two things that you can brand but there were plenty of people there who would have played bigger and there were even more people there that would have played smaller mm -hmm. and 1025 was like the nice compromise but in a lot of ways it outpriced the majority of the people that would travel from like the run it, run it up uh audience mm -hmm. And it probably underpriced a lot of the clientele that was actually playing 1025. I know almost every game I was in 
was 1025.50. Mm-hmm. You said that it actually turned into like 2550, 100. <laughs> Bro, it was, let me tell you something, man. If you really want to play big, go towards the later end of, of and the And that's usually room. not the case. Like yeah. the, the times in the past, it was always like the last two days were the worst two days. It was unbelievable. It was. All right. So I'll tell you my experience and then we could kind of like get to your experience. So uh, it was 1025. And then the day I went on stream, it was 1025 at first. Then the last hour and a half, it was 1025 with a 25, I, I believe. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it was 2550, which now people started putting the straddle on. Sure. 10, like 2550, 100. Right. Then, then the game finished. Yeah. When we went downstairs, the game was now 2550 with a 50, which later just turned into straight 50, 100 with a 100 and the skinny. And sure. the bomb pots for 200. What's, it, the, what's the skinny? So the skinny is if you win with three deuce, everyone pays you. At that time, it was 200 a mm-hmm. person. So the game got wild. Why they called the skinny? Uh, I heard somebody that was actually like a big dude kind of like wanted like. It's yeah. like his hand. Yeah, it's like kind of his hand. So the games were wild. I had a great experience, obviously, because I won, which is obviously makes it a little bit better. Your experience is always nicer. Um, and when your food is comped, it's always nice as well. But my personal thing is that I do kind of agree that it could be, like, if we're run it up, uh, something where, like, they travel for cash games. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, having, like four, like, four days of cash games in different places. The thing I do find, though, is that... Well, it's hard you, because you're not going to have a Jimmy at every stop. Right, exactly. It's hard to coordinate. It's hard, you know, are people going to give away 60 rooms? Right. You know, like... It was a lot of people to accommodate, uh, you know, not only the players, but also production. Mm-hmm. You know, those people all need rooms. They all need food. You know, and it's, it's, it's a big thing. Like, you know, I don't know the numbers behind it all, but I'm sure that they have to do the math, make sure it works out for them. Yeah. So it's going to be a challenge for Run It Up to continue to do that maybe in other places. But I'm unsure. Uh, let's talk about the stream side and then get back to, like, the, the back room side. Right. Okay. The stream side, you're saying, you know, it's outpricing certain people, things like that. Do you think that people care about, like, if it's lower than 1025, I feel like people don't care. No, I, but I think, well, you're saying, like, the stream. Right. I'm not talking about the stream. I see. I'm just talking about the, the overall availability. And it's not that they couldn't run a 510. It's just, it's difficult because the pools kind of diverge at that stake level. And that's a big jump. Yeah, so yeah. it's like they have a three five uncapped, which is pretty big for for a three five game. And yeah. most most players who would play five ten are pretty comfortable there. Mm-hmm. The ones who like would play a minimum of five ten are probably taking shots at ten twenty five. Right. And I think that like, don't get me wrong, like I could be way off. Like ten twenty five might be the best way to encapsulate everybody, and at least get people. That's a really big jump. Like someone playing three five going to ten twenty five is like. Right, but, but like, so say somebody who's a regular 5'10 player who refuses to play 3'5 because it's too small, mm-hmm. now playing 10'25 isn't that big of a leap. Yeah, but sure. those games were definitely bigger. I guess, yeah, yeah. I, guess uh, I, I just see room for um, there to be a little bit more coordination outside of what was going on in the back room. But again, like for Jimmy, that's, he's not really incentivized to do that. Right, right. Why do you think that is? Um, I mean, the... the the player pool that he just coordinates with and the people he's trying to please, be it the fun players or the, the 
pros or whoever mm -hmm. he's having come up mm -hmm. are just going to be prone to playing higher. Yeah. And the regular game that runs there is 5'10 uncapped, sometimes 5'10, 20, whatever. So it's like, this is supposed to be something special. Yeah. We should be playing bigger stakes when that's the case, whatever the case may be. But uh, I guess like I would be interested to see um, if there's, it's, it's hard, man. It's hard to coordinate because like if he just advertises it as we're going to have a uh, 50, 100 game or 100, 200 game every day. And then we're going to have a 25, 50 game every day. And then we're going to have a 5, 10 game every day. Right. Right. And we have those three stake levels to try to hit them all. What's going to end up happening is like, no one's going to like the games because no one's being forced out of their comfort zone. Right. So like the people who are playing in the biggest stakes are probably going to miss people who would have been taking shots if it was one stake lower. Like I'm sure that 50, 100 game was just full of people who don't play that big. I mean, I'm going to give you guys some insight into the 50, 100 game that happened. Because I was in the room. Nobody was playing pots, man. Nobody was playing pots. That makes sense. Because I think the game's too big. Well, there's multiple reasons. Because the game is too big for some. But also, you know, there's a couple of VIP, there's one or two VIPs in the game. Playing a, a limp pot or a single race pot versus another pro is probably a waste of time. Mm. So, like... I know, but you have so much fight. That's your thing, you know? You want to break Where are you these... falling the spectrum, man? You just no, no, no. Listen, lumping man. everyone together? No, no, no. I'm just saying I'm that, break like, some roles. if it falls around to you and you're in the small blind and you have, like, a minute, you know, a small plus EV, you know, you probably want to keep the game moving, you know? Maybe mm. fold your hand and then, like, you know, don't let the, the VIPs get bored. Just move on with your life. That's what, that's what I heard, man. That's what I heard. I wasn't in the game. I wasn't in the game. I don't know, man. What are you trying to say? I don't know. I, I just think that... Uh... I don't think that's how, how you make money in this game. Eight what? people trying to skin one or two is is not. All right, well, you know more about that than me because you've been in, like, high-stakes games with VIPs more than I have. Yeah. How do you – do you see that happening? Do you, do you think that – Not like, the games I play, but the games I play are a much healthier mix. Well, let's talk about this because games of 50-100 in today's climate just don't really run – Without, I could see why a VIP. Yeah, right. Nobody battles anymore, man. When I was coming up, if like a game ran, everybody just thought they were good, and everyone else was the spot, mm -hmm. and they just fought for it. And now, now it seems to be this like unhealthy respect for each other, where no one wants to get hurt. Mm. I mean, I was there, man. I saw the person openly say, "I would normally limp this." He was in a small line, but he's like, "But today's not the day to do it." And just months. Mm keeps the game moving i mean if he would just limp i think that's fine it annoys me like the the limp 100 strategy from the small blind when we're talking about cash games where we're hundreds of blinds deep because mm -hmm. these hands play out slowly mm -hmm. uh so if he's just mucking in that spot instead but don't you think too. there's some value in in just keeping the game moving keeping the, the vip sure. entertained he wants to be in pots he doesn't want to see a fucking two big blind pop yeah no i agree <clears throat> um i think simplifying your strategy in that spot to be having raises or folds is probably fine Okay. Um, but that's pretty extreme compared to, like, I don't want to get into conflict with anyone else at the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So tell us about your experience on stream. Uh, I feel like it was a pretty interesting game because there was a quadruple straddles going on. You signed up for 1025. You wanted to big dick it. I didn't do it. I didn't even put it on. It was um, – who did start it first? Mm-hmm. It was, who was sitting to the left of Daryl? Was it Noel? Nah, Noel was two to the left. It was somebody, 
the PKC kid, and then Noel, and whoever that somebody was. Shout out to the somebody going started. hard. <laughs> can't think for the life of me who is who is at the game or who's in the game so it was maybe it was the pkc kid i don't recall so pkc kid jay carver noel myself that's four to my left was man i'm blacked out who the hell was to my left i don't know man it's your tape i thought you watched the stream i did was it marley marley i think was two to my left Mm. Oh, Pat. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was to my left, then Marley, then somebody, Daryl, and somebody. All right, that's fair. I mean, that's pretty good. You got a lot of lot of them out there. <laughs> that's pretty strong. I mean, that's pretty strong. I don't. I know. don't know why I can't remember anyone. I don't remember half the people there. Oh, were. Jesse. Uh, it wasn't Jesse though. Jesse, Jesse maybe wanted to play a He must have got coerced by the PKC kid. Yeah. Sorry PKC. for not remembering your name. Damn. It was the first time I ever Shout out to Jesse, man. He, we had breakfast every morning. He's, he's a really good dude. He wants to go to jiu-jitsu together. Yeah, he asked me. I told him I didn't have health insurance. <laughs> I don't. That's fair, but I mean, you're going to be fine. I um, mean, says you. <laughs> you want me to pin, I, I mean, you think I'm going to pin you down and you're going to get hurt? Who said it's just going to be us rolling? I've never gone to jiu-jitsu before. I'm not about to pick up a new combat sport when I don't have health insurance. <laughs> yeah, you shook. You fucking I'll go shit. play basketball. I've played that before. So, like, if you got into a fight outside, you would just be like, nah, I don't want to swing. I don't have health insurance. Yeah. Yo, you fucking pussy, I'd be like, bro. hey, <laughs> chill. No, chill, bro. I need that Obamacare. Yeah. <laughs> like, relax, man. I'm not insured. Let's uh, handle this like sophisticated adults. I'm going to get back to that. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. So, tell us, tell us what happened. How'd you do on stream? Uh, I think I won like 8K, made a pretty big blunder in a chop pot. Oh, no, Jesse was to my right. That's right. He wasn't mm -hmm, across the mm -hmm. table. Um, but, yeah, a, a hand worked out where we were in the quadruple straddle. And um, I had Jackson in the middle blind, I guess. So I was the yeah, yeah. 25. Um, Noel opened the button to 1,000 off of 11K. Jesse shoved for 8K from the small blind. I then reshoved for like 25K from the middle blind, folded back to Noel, who called with Queens. Um, and Jesse made trip nines in the first run. I made a jack in the second run. So Jesse wins the top board. I win the bottom board. Noel loses both. Mm -hmm. What I didn't realize though, and it would have been so easy if Jesse would have just lost both because. But he's too, he's too lucky. Yeah, for sure. Way too, way too good looking and way too lucky. Mm -hmm. um, but because Jesse won and was the shortest stack, it created this awkward like side pot dynamic where now um, what we needed to realize was what's really happening is Noel and I are chopping the side pot because he wins the top on the side. I win the bottom on the side. Yeah. But then in the main pot, what we're really doing is just putting three of Jesse's stacks in the middle and then splitting the pot. Yeah. yeah. So Jesse should get, he had 8K. Jesse should get 12K back. I should get 12K back, meaning I should make 4,000. I didn't realize that in the time. I just kind of spaced on it. And we all just came to the agreement that Jesse should get half of his stack paid to him, and we should just move on. Mm -hmm. 
And the other thing was that like they didn't want to run it twice in a three-way pot. Uh, not the players, but the the staff. Production. Yeah. And obviously for this reason, because it gets semi-confusing. Mm -hmm. And so like I felt really panicked in the moment to hurry up and come up with a solution in a complicated spot. Makes sense. Because I didn't want them to be disincentivized from running it and running it twice in a three all in. It's like, you know, we signed up to play ten twenty five. It's a huge pot. And now we're playing a thirty K pot yeah. in a situation where it's only happening because we're playing twenty five or ten, twenty five, fifty, a hundred, two hundred, four hundred. Absolutely. Wow, we had four straddles on? Yeah, yeah. It was stupid. I, I thought it was you. Yeah. So it wasn't me. Uh, I happily obliged, but it was not me. So effectively, this hand happened, and uh, four hours later, we're down in the main room playing, and everybody now knows that it was chopped wrong. They all saw it on stream. Everybody realized it. Jesse's texting me saying, like, yo, we chopped that pot wrong. I don't really know how to handle this. And I'm like, fuck, man. Noel's literally sitting right to my left. And I'm like, I don't really know what's proper here because I benefited from running twice where like if we just didn't he wins all the money mm. number one so i already feel like shitty that yeah. uh i kind of like forced this three-way chop type thing but then secondarily now he's gonna retroactively owe me 4k and he's fucking buried yeah and i'm mashing at this point i'm up like 15 16 thousand or something like that right so i'm like oh, how do i bring this up like and like if roles were reversed, what would I expect out of somebody? So I'm like mulling it over and then Jimmy starts texting me, telling me like, hey, we know that the pot was chopped wrong. Uh, don't worry, I'm gonna handle it. I'm reviewing the footage now, yada, yada, yada. Just don't say anything. I'm like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'm just gonna let Jimmy take care of it. So uh, like later on in the night, he finally had everything confirmed and he comes over and asks Noel if he could speak to him. Noel was about to be uh, under the gun. I think he goes, yeah, I'll come on my big blind. And then he like made a joke about what it was about. I was like, I think I have a good idea what it was about. And I started to explain. And he just instantly was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I owe you 4K. How do you want it? Yeah. And it's like, man, thank you. Like, you're so stand up about this. Couldn't appreciate it more. Like, and he's a young kid. So, like, it's going a long way to say that, you know, to handle it that mature and that fast, uh, I think, like, really speaks volumes. Because he's obviously always going to have to pay the 4K. Right if like push comes to shove. Right. But like, I totally would have understood. If he's like giving you a little bit like. Or even just was like immediately like, no, it's over. That happened five hours ago, right. six hours ago. Like right, I've made right, a lot right. of decisions since thinking I'm 4K richer. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I totally could respect that and probably would like, at the very minimum empathize with it, but like potentially like even try to figure out a way to make it right. Yeah. Um, but it, he instantly was just like, no, nah, I'll, I'll take care of it. So I obliged and doubled him up in a 25K pot. <laughs> All right. Talk to us about that pot because that was kind of a, a <laughs> big swing. It was like around 4 a.m. ruined my fucking weekend, man. Um, so it happened at like 3 a.m. The game was still good. It was really good. And I wasn't really tired. So like I was kind of looking for reasons to leave. Mm -hmm. And about an hour prior to that was when uh, Noel had made good on the 4K. And there was a part of me that was just like, I don't want to like really stick it to this kid. Like yeah, he's yeah. fucking buried. I'm up 20k now, 22k, something like that. Absolutely, yeah. And he just had to give me this money. Like, I'm I'm gonna chill. And he he said himself. So I offered to buy him a massage, and he's like, "No, nah, I think I'm gonna get out of here soon." I was like, "All right, I'm just gonna like hang until he's ready to go, or an hour, whichever comes first. Mm -hmm. So a half hour goes by, uh, nothing really changed. I'm still up like 22,000. There's a couple pretty good spots in the game still. So I'm like, this is a profitable spot. Like I'm here to maximize anyway. Like let's get after it. Yeah, absolutely. And then like coming up on the hour, uh, this hand happens where Noel 
opens under the gun. I think we're playing six or seven-handed at this point. Okay. Um, one of the, the weaker player flats the button and only has like two k behind or 2,500 behind. That's 2,550, so, right? Uh, yeah, we're playing 2,550. Yeah. So it goes uh, 200, call. I make it 800 out of the big blind with ace-queen off. Call, call. And now the second player only has 1,700 behind. Yeah. And we have like 2,400 in the pot. Yeah. So the flop comes queen of spades, eight of clubs, seven of clubs. I have red ace queen. Mm -hmm. Pretty good spot for me to start checking in a general theoretical sense. Um, but seemed even more incentivized because I just think the button is going to have a lot of shoves. Yeah. And then I kind of get to like re-iso pretty cheaply. Yeah. That said, it's also a pretty reasonable spot to see bet. Absolutely. Right? The decision is going to be pretty close. Yeah. So I obviously go with checking because I think the button's going to shove at a high frequency. And because it's a mix, but yeah. Yeah, and it checks through. Yeah. It's like, oh, that makes me sad, but whatever. Right. Turn is the five of spades. Yeah. So bringing two spades, two clubs. Pretty good spot to start going for value for my hand. I don't think this improves range very often. There's only two combos of seven five left. There's only three combos of fives. I think it's another. I think it's a rather decent spot to still check raise if you want to. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, it just puts us in really cloudy spots on the river because SPR is still going to be yeah, for sure. fairly deep. For sure. Um, but my whole point is that, like, though it appears to be a range card for the field, they don't really make that strong of hands on the turn five, right? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, they don't really have, it's I more assume, of an equity, anyway. It's an equity card rather than, like, a made hand Right. Card. I yeah. assume they don't have 10-7 in range. Um, or I guess, actually, I take that back. 9-6 uh, would be the straight. So I assume there isn't very much 9-6. I assume there isn't any 9-6, or, or sorry, 6-4 in Noel's range. Yeah. Which is really the only stack I'm worried about. If the button has 6-4, Good yeah, for him. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there shouldn't be very many combinations of pocket fives, I don't mm -hmm. think. But, you know, they're going to exist. So I choose to bet 12 into 24. Uh, Noel then makes it 3,700 with 8K behind, give or take, 8,500 behind. I personally don't really love your turn sizing. You would go bigger? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I was just trying to create favorable river spots for myself. Um, I agree that ranges are pretty inelastic and I can really hammer here. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is that um, I'm going to have to go from like betting pot slash over betting to potentially check folding yeah. at a greater frequency than we want to. That's definitely fair. That's definitely fair, which is kind of why I still like checking. Like I think, I, I think it's a I, I like checking better than over betting. I, be I don't think fair. you get over bet, but I think like betting like closer to 80% is probably nicer. Not only because of that, but because when uh like you still have an uncapped range on the flop when mm. you check yeah but then like when you bet really big and like noel raises like he has like no raise he could almost like never raise fold yeah but i feel like that was true in this particular spot too right so like, yeah. i go 1200 he goes 35 and he has like 75 8500 behind there aren't really many there, there really aren't any raise folds there i just think but I it a gives the illusion that he could but like if, he, if you make it pot like he could never raise fold Sure, he would probably just be all in more. Right, right. But then I have to call. Yeah, yeah, that's making it weird. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, maybe your size is better. Um, so the button folds, and I ultimately shove through, which I think is a pretty big error. Mm -hmm. uh, I just couldn't find, like, enough combinations of hands that beat me. It's just like, okay, like, you have two combos of 7-5, uh, maybe three sets if you have fives in your raise call range from under the gun. Yeah. Um, and, like, I doubt that he's really slow playing sevens or eights. He could, though. He could with the frequency of the player behind. Yeah. Shove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I still just think it's it's a much more natural bet. 
uh, even for a smaller size, whatever. E either way, yeah. it was just like I just couldn't find enough value, and I was convinced that like there was going to be so much equity in this range. Yeah. Uh, especially because the queen was a non-club, so it's like he could be trapping with a hand like king queen of clubs that now he wants to go big with. Yeah, that's fair. I, I think generally speaking, like people don't raise as a bluff when like the per like they're committed to the person behind. Uh, king queen wouldn't be a bluff. Oh no, I mean like just bluffs, like just bluff bluff. Well, there is no bluff bluff. That's the thing. Like any hand he's committing with versus the player behind has piles, piles of, equity. of equity. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but yeah, it was just a three a.m. decision, mm -hmm. and I think it's a pretty bad one that I probably don't make early in the session. I think I would probably pretty comfortably bet fold here at like hour one of the session. So needless to say, I played too long. And it's funny, I, I, I literally gave myself like this speech before I started playing um, where it's just like, okay, like you're here for a fairly long trip. You're going to be playing for four or five days, yeah. but we're on limited funds because I'm just like not very cash rich right now. Yeah. Um, and That's very natural. Yeah. Like, yeah. You have, like, a lot, you have a lot tied up in crypto. Yeah. Getting rid of crypto is like just not an easy task. Right. So it's like, okay, so like, you know, we have plenty of money to play this game, but like we're not overly rolled to the point where we can take on massive volatility. So like yeah. early on in the weekend, just look for positive events and lock them up, mm -hmm. right? So it's like I'm up 22,000 in a 2550 game. That's piles. Good yeah. time to just say like, hey, this is a good spot to just lock it up. Yeah, absolutely. And like that same thought process could have went through on the turn before I smashed, where it's just like, how often are you really getting bluffed here? Right. Let's just stick to the mantra of like looking for positive events and lock this up. I smash through, I lose. And uh, now I'm still up 8K, which is still pretty good. Yeah. And I have all the reason in the world to just leave now. Mm -hmm. But again, the game's still pretty good. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I'm in a pretty good spot to still make money. So I play till it breaks, which is about an hour later. And I swear every hand off the deck for the next hour was just King Jack suited. It always is. It always is. We've done it so many academies now. Now, like, we know that the deck is, 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 is fucked up. Yeah, man. Like, it'll, it'll test you. It yeah. will never just like give you a set to no. get you back. No, it's just going to give you like the ace jack off. Oh, I did flop a set yeah. and all of that and it just went check fold on the floor. Oh, for sure. It wants to tilt you too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the deck is, the deck's rigged. <laughs> it's rigged for sure. There's no, literally way. I had king jack of hearts, king jack of diamonds back to back. The next two hands dealt off after I doubled them up. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I ran top pair and do a better top pair. No, you, you didn't have a shot. You didn't have a shot for <laughs> sure. For sure. Um, okay, so that was your experience, and then after that, you played the next day. I played with you, and you ran like pretty shit. Um, yeah, that was, that one was one for the book. So I ended up like breaking even for that yeah. that session. Ultimately, the next day I lost twenty k playing ten twenty five fifty. Uh, I had aces four times. I folded correctly post three times. I or I called off incorrectly once. Yeah, where uh, you folded a jack, and the Wait, big what? blind. Say that again. You folded a jack pre. Against my open? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. folded a jack pre. You opened under the gun. I folded a jack pre. The big blind called, and it came like jack, jack, x. Yeah, and he just says jack, nine, first my aces. And, That's uh, pretty annoying. Yeah, he got me there. I folded kings correctly post, I think. Yeah. Um, versus a one-liner. I folded jacks, I think, correctly post, although that one I probably could have been. You also folded aces. Bluffed. I folded aces three times post. Yeah, it was pretty wild. I mean, um, you ran like. Yeah, Marley turned top set of jacks against me. Yeah, uh, it, it was pretty awful. Not my final hand, uh, I, I felt actually like pretty bad. Like I was there Don't and I was bad. just like, fuck, man. Like every time like you're in a tough decision, you just turn over. like You fold and you just turn over like kings. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sitting there like, all right. So he has like middle pair. It just gets <laughs> like, comical after a while. And it's just like, no, but it was wild because like you had like 
I think there was a stretch of like four hands. Where it was I had like, aces and kings back to back. That's and what lost I'm saying. Both. I was a four hands and it was like kings, kings, take one off, aces, aces, and it's like lose. lose. Or no, no, like kings, kings, like kings, no, no, aces, it whatever. Went, it was it like went, some wild. It went aces under the gun. Yeah. And I ended up folding post. Then I got aces again in the big blind. Yeah, and then you won like a nothing pot. I won nothing yeah. uh, where Marley checked back flop and then bet turn. I just flatted out of the big, heads mm. up. She checked back flop, bet turn, I check raised her. She folded and I showed. Mm. So that was the only time I won with aces. Yeah. Uh, and then I got kings the very next hand in the small blind. So I went aces, aces, kings in a three-hand succession. And I lost like, I don't know, $5,000. It was fucking it was brutal. <laughs> also, yeah, it was so brutal. I do feel bad, though, because like I obviously want you to win. Uh, not through me, but like obviously we want to destroy all these peasants. Uh, we had a chance of breaking some rolls, man. Yeah, people were playing so, way too big. Yeah, they're way playing big. They're playing big. Um, so I had the opposite experience of you. I won every day I played. I mean, that's good. Yeah, good for the brand. Good for the brand. Uh, I won the first day. Uh, I didn't play the fifty hundred hundred game because multiple reasons. One, it was it was huge. Um, it was 50, 100, 100 with a lot of 200s going on, a lot of $200 straddles. Good. I understand, man. But, like, you know, I, I, I have to, you know, I'm not trying to do the up 5 million, down 5 million game. Okay? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have to, like, pick sell my Sell it back. off, man. I have sell to it pick off. My, it's hard to sell off at 4 in the morning. I would have bought. <laughs> Just be like, Bricky, you have 30%. Yeah. Talk to, talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. <laughs> and you wake up, oh, I'm either uh, up 30 k It's like 30. holding on to Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't play that game, but I did play the other backroom games. They were pretty good. Um, and then I did play the stream game. The, and then the stream game, I thought I played like very, very exceptionally well. Um, but there are some hands that I definitely do want to talk about. You played about. really well on stream. Uh, like even the things that we're going to discuss, I yeah. think, are like so fucking negligible. The only reason they're discussion points is because they look ridiculous on camera. You know what I? You know what I've realized. So we're not going to talk about something about that. Obviously, the Ace of Clubs hand. But I, I was sitting in my room and I'm like, it takes a lot of fucking balls to check that though with cameras rolling because yeah. like, I, I don't just check there. Like right, right. it's not like I'm just like a nit. Right. You know like. And it, I was just like, you know, I got a little offended. I, all right, let's talk about that. I got a little offended because like people were like, oh, he's so tight. I'm like, dude, I just fucking put him 3,300 with ace queen offsuit. Like, yeah. like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm not a nit. Like, well, this is this is know? the whole conversation that kind of like plagues the community is yeah. is this misunderstanding of like good calculated because the the thing is is that the best players in the world right now aren't loose aggressive, they're tight aggressive, mm-hmm. and that looks very different to the onlooker. It's a lot less interesting. It's a lot less sexy, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the Tom Dwans. It's the Patrick Antoniuses. Right. And let's be honest, the majority of the community doesn't look or have the, the moxie right. of Patrick Antonius. Right. So instead, you, you land on this really sharp, calculated version of, uh, of a strategy game where it becomes abundantly clear to those watching and those competing that they're being taken advantage of. And that's the worst version of gambling. So like I I get the framework through which the the theoretical player is uh, I guess garnered as being nitty right or or being no action or being slow like they're scrutinized because they're not giving enough back to the game and that's why the value of of being able to win as a loose aggressive player uh, especially if you're able to do it at a high rate 
offers so much to the community or not the community necessarily, but to the game itself, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You drive actions, you change the environment. Uh, your game was super tight. Not just oh, you, thought, but the game as a whole, super I, yeah, tight. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for sure. I think that. I'm we need even, to figure out a metric yeah. that incentivizes loose aggressive play instead of tight aggressive play. Mm -hmm. And I've been saying this for a while. I think the absolute answer is the short deck structure. Mm. If you make everybody anti uh, a half an anti and then pick another position, I personally think it should be like under the gun instead of the button. But like, whatever, we're splitting hairs. Uh, have them be the double anti. And then everybody to the left of that has to act now getting laid yeah. 10 to 1. Well, I think that um, we see that with Live of the Bike attempting to do that. They have mm -hmm. an anti-game. It's 5-5 five, five with a $50 big plan Annie. The only reason they did the 50 is because everyone is just Annie, but right. to, to speed up the game. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's a way to do yeah, it. Yeah, but that's, that's not the same. Mm -hmm. That's not the same. That creates a big pot to buy after. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and it's pretty easy to solve. You're just playing 25-25. No, like, that's what I'm saying. It's not yeah. the same. I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Oh, yeah. yeah. Giving everybody the short deck structure where they have a half an ante in front of them, mm -hmm. they now have the option to complete for a half of an ante. Right, I see. So they're getting laid 11 to 1. Well, you were doing that here too. You could limp. No. You still limp for 5 in the live of the bike game. Sure, yeah. but. Uh, you could yeah. do that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're getting laid a good price. Right, it's 5 5 with the $50 big line ante. Like the ante's already in. You could limp for 5. Yeah. Okay, that's So fair. There's, there's. Effectively, they're doing what you're saying. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. They listen to you, man. Yeah, but I guess there's just like uh, the for 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 people who aren't paying attention, there's much more incentive if the chip is in front of them. I see. I know that sounds yeah. crazy. No, I feel you. I'm a, I, you know we're live pros. We get it. Yeah. You know, you, if you put a blind in front of everybody, they're yeah, gonna yeah. feel a lot more committed than if you take that blind and pull it in the middle. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It's it's visual. You know, you should be in marketing. You know? <laughs> um, okay, so let's get back to the stream game. Okay, so there's two hands. Uh, yeah. I thought, I obviously, I ran pretty well, um, which is, goes without saying. So, oh, also, not, sorry, not to cut you off, but it is different, right? So if we're playing, if we're playing 5-5 five, five ante, or sorry, if we're playing uh, a $5 ante, the button would be 10. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I see, for sure. That right, so you're only limping for five. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to run the show. I'm just trying to go back. What do you want to talk about, the Reno travel expenses again? <laughs> Uh, okay, so the stream comes on. I'm on. Finally, you watch me, and I, I thought I played really well. The couple of, of things that potentially could be a mistake. Um, the okay, so let's talk about the Ace of Clubs because I think that's like the one that I'm obviously the most interested in, sure. and probably the only like spot that I could say like I made potentially a mistake. Yeah. Um, okay. So the hand's going to go where rated GTO is going to complete the small blind yep. uh, to 25. Yep. And I have ace three offsuit, ace of clubs. So I'm definitely mixing my aces here in, in like some checks, some, some, some raises. And I did that earlier by checking like ace nine offsuit. Yeah. Um, not that I would do that against, you know, weak competition, but I'm definitely mixing in some checks with some ace hands. Sure. Uh, but the, especially like the ones with a three or a two, I definitely want to raise because they played less, less good. Uh, so I choose to raise to 125. Um, he chooses to call. So, you know, some live read stuff, like given like the way, the speed he called, the fact that he didn't want a three bet, like I could kind of range that he's like in that like middling portion of the deck. Uh, so he chooses to call. The flop comes down, queen eight five. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Uh, queen eight five, all clubs. 
So now he chooses to check, and I choose to use a big sizing here because I think like I'm going to be like rather polarized here, and I think mm -hmm. my hand performs really well to do this. And he chooses to call. So I think when he chooses to call here, like he has like a fair amount of like. Oh, you, you got the board wrong. It was, was queen, queen ten. ten five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought I was, I was a little bit wrong. Yeah. So queen ten five, all clubs. Check, and I bet uh, pretty large. 200. Yeah, 200. Yep. He chooses to call rather quickly. Uh, turn is now the eight of clubs. Yep. Filling in jack nine of clubs, if that's a concern at all. But definitely he has it in his range. I also think he has like queen five and queen 10 in his range. And I thought that at least at a very small frequency he would have tens, but like I think like high frequency three bet. And I don't think he has any queens. Yeah. Like queen queen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think he has like 10 five suited and queen five suited though, for sure. Mm -hmm. Turn now is eight of clubs. And I think now. I mean, for what it's worth, I think 10 five suited folds flop. Two pair. Oh, oh right, right. The turn's the eight. Okay. So turns, sorry. I don't think yeah, he has yeah. any 10 eight. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I agree with you there. Uh, turn, but I think 10-5 suited folds pre. You 5 x I think, uh, well, he told me he called, so I'm going to believe him. But, okay. you know, whatever. Yeah. It's hard to know. Um, but he definitely has like 5-5 five, five as well. So, yeah. Okay, so it turns 8, and, you know, there's definitely varying strategies here. Um, and, you know, Rated was nice enough to, like, tell me, like, what he would do in this situation if he had my hand. And he's also telling you 10-5 suited. Yeah, that's fair. Maybe he's lying. <laughs> I used to lie when I was 25. I still lie to people. Um, and the turns an eight, and I choose like a pre now I choose like a really large size. Three hundred into. I chose I chose five hundred on the turn. Oh, five hundred. Okay. Yeah. So it was like five into like almost six. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So and he, he called fast. He called fast. Yeah. Which I thought. I think you can rule out Jack nine of clubs when he calls that fast. I think that's fair. Live live read. I think that's fair. I also think like you. You might be able to rule out. Like queen ten and sets. Also. I don't think sets though. Like, I don't think sets are great. That's the snap call. I, I think, like, a mind like his just knows that he can't fold a set. No, I understand yeah. that. But so, like, I don't think he has anything to think about. Like, I think he's yeah, but I think the whole reason why he's snapping with the king of clubs is to get you to slow down on rivers so he doesn't face another pole size. Yeah, I had this, like, weird conundrum in this hand. He calls fast. I agree with you. And, you know, like, I'm very into, like, the live, live read stuff. Like, yeah. both, both you and I are. But, like, I tried to, like, really move away from it because I'm like, I don't want to be... Like, I don't want to get owned by some manipulated. kid yeah. that, like, not only manipulated, but, like, I'm, like, I don't know, like, I don't know, like, this kid, I don't know his strategy. I watched him play for four hours. I mean, there weren't that many hands he played that fast. I'm with you, man. I think I've definitely made some mistakes here, especially in, like, the live realm. Um, so he calls pretty fast after telling me to bet a different sizing that I bet. So he yeah. wanted me to bet 420. 420, right. Right. And, like, he's giving off stuff, I think, a little bit here. Uh and now we get to the river with just a queen and he checks like rather quickly. And now like my brain is like pretty fogged because I'm not yeah. necessarily sure. I think we have a really good spot to induce. So this is like kind of where I think a little bit we disagree. Uh, not that we disagree. I'm just not sure yet. Mm. Um, so I definitely would induce if I had ace 10, ace queen, ace 10, ace yeah, queen or ace, ace five, ace five. Yeah. Right. Not even easy. Yeah. So easy. Layup. Right. Yep. Now or I'm safe. Or ace eight, yeah. yeah. Um, or ace, ace queen, yeah, we said that, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. Even ace jack of clubs, I think, can. because I like, don't you, think it matters. I really don't think it's jack of clubs ever. Fair, fair. Um, but we're assuming, just because of sure, live reads. But sure. like, if we, if, we big, if we give it back, theoretically, ace jack of clubs is But like, we, we, we almost don't want to block that because it allows him to have more bluffs. For sure. So when we have ace jack of clubs and get check raised, 
he has fewer available bluffs to him. Yeah, yeah. And now we do run into a house a little bit more often. Fair. That makes sense. So the question now is how many I don't I didn't run this I have no idea what this spot looks like at equilibrium. I don't even know if we're supposed to ever check, right? I doubt it, maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But like how many eight sex of clubs are we inducing I mean, with the size or whatever? Well, you, that's hard. I, I, I can't imagine that it's gonna have us checking here. Pretty much, much, ever. much right. if ever, because then your only bets are going to be full houses and jack nine of clubs. Yeah, so, but no, or aces yeah. with, a, with a pair. Yeah, yeah, sure. As a club with a pair. Sure. Really, really weird spot. And then, like, talking to, to Ricky, he was, like, nice enough to tell me, like, the reason why I got, like, pretty blurred out on the river is because my turn sizing is a little off in terms of, like, I chose a polarized sizing, which now lands me on the river with, like, zero houses, which leaves me exploitable. Um, I think you're going to land on the river... Going bet bet with zero houses is a pretty high frequency, no matter what size you choose. Yeah, I'm. You're just not betting queen ten, queen eight, or sets on the sure. turn because what worse is really calling, and what are you denying the equity of? Yeah, so I'm definitely interested in what people have to say here. I don't think I was right at all. Like I'm openly saying, like I think I probably made a mistake. Like very very high. high I mistake. I I don't think I think you're putting a lot of scrutiny on the theory behind it, and I think that's poor. Yeah. If you just if you listen back to the way that you spoke about the hand. You seem to be caught between the two paradigms of intuition and theory. A hundred percent. And this is why I messed up. Like, well, I was just playing straight, like off my, my instincts the whole night. And yeah. then like I gave, I was like, I don't really know how this kid plays. And I gave him a lot of respect because he's playing like 25 cases. I think that's fine. Yeah. I think that's totally reasonable. But understand that the second you choose a less than optimal bet size on the turn. Yeah. You're doing that with a purpose. Absolutely. And if the river was the deuce of spades, yeah. you would have had no problems Taking an exploited take, yeah, for sure, right? for sure, for sure. And so, like, once you put, so say the turn or the river is the deuce of spades, mm. and you pull the trigger and you bet half pot, mm. and your check raises. Yeah, I'm fist pumping. Yeah. Yeah. What the fuck's the difference? Yeah, I'm fucking. Right. Yeah, yeah, like you reduce the combinations that could do this. Right. He mm. could really only have a jack of clubs in his hand mm. whenever he chooses to check raise, bluff you, whatever. But um, that it, it's just as difficult for him to arrive at the river with full houses as it is for you. So like what I was making the argument of is that due to the, to the line work that you took, sure, he's more protected than your range, but there are paradigms in poker where it's, it's beneficial to be unprotected if you're... Uh, if you're going to level up, kind of. Yeah, if you're, yeah. If, if you're in touch with the pulse of the player that you're up against. So if you know that you're going to induce bluffs at a higher rate by being unprotected, so effectively if you're against an opponent who's looking for spots where you've left yourself wide open, then it benefits you when you're at the top of range Absolutely. to leave yourself wide open and now induce whenever he's going to have a key blocker, which he did. His hand serves him very well as a check raise instead of a call. It's tough with the king of clubs, though. Maybe. I don't think so. I, I agree with you. I think, I think I, having the 10 is really important. I agree with you, but like, I think that potentially a mind like his, like, I, think, I think he's a very honest person generally. Yeah. Like, he just said, like, oh, you saved me $1,000, which means like, I don't think he had ever intentions of like, considering a check race right but as with because no, I, I agree with you but i'm just saying clubs I'm, but like if it was a jack of clubs i agree with you like that is a prime candidate jack 10 jack 10 with the jack of clubs like right yeah but he's only gonna have uh a few combos mm. so he's gonna have uh no i think he got like limp calls like, like jack 10 off and then queen jack off yeah i guess like but, he could have king jack off yeah. yeah king jack off would make sense too yeah, so kind of what he told me was like, yeah, like, you Working know. Working clubs, but. It's, like, hard to find bluffs on the turn for the polarized size. So, like, sizing down to, like, a more, like, third pot size would allow me to, like, bet, like, king jack offsuit, no club. 
as a bluff on the turn and then like potentially follow through on the river? Um, yeah, I, I know that that is true in a vacuum. Yeah. I don't think that's a very practical line. The vacuum. I think if you're going to start running a zero equity bluff, like I get it, he has to start defending non-club hands on the turn. But like, does he? Because the theory behind being able to bluff King Jack off there, no club, is that he'll defend no club hands on the turn and then fold them on the river. So he'll defend a hand like Jack 10, no club, mm. and then on the river, check fold. And I think that that's like a pretty big parlay. Most people are just going to like, just excuse themselves from me meeting minimum defense on the turn when they clearly have no path to improve. I feel like the gods like touched me, you know, because like I ran so bad against Jennifer Harmon <laughs> that like I just every time I looked down, it was just like Queens. Yeah, Queens. You had queens, queens a lot. Queens. And I'm like, this is an amazing feeling. Like, yeah. And I'm like, all right, cool. Um, it's nice when you're at the top of range and like getting action. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely getting action. I thought I played um, pretty good. I, I there was a couple interesting spots. The Marley spot was really tricky because like she her spot, she had Ace King. Um, OK, the next really big pot I play. I have ace queen offsuit versus Hank. Yeah. Um, and then we could also like just wrap up with like the king five fold, which is like pretty wild. Yeah. Um, king three, right? King three. Yeah. yeah. So VIP limps, and I choose to ISO to 225 at 2550. Mm -hmm. And Hank now it 700? makes it 900. 900. Right. And we are now roughly 12K effective, mm -hmm. a little over 12K, like 12.5. And I choose to four bet this hand for thirty three hundred. I kind of don't like your four bet. Okay. Um, Go ahead. I like using your hand as a four bet candidate mm -hmm. and allowing it to be bottom of range. But when facing this massive size from Hank, who clearly never even considered calling and keeping the VIP in, uh, to me that that kind of tips his hand. Well, it tips his hand from. Uh, if, if he's on the value side, but if he's on the bluff side, we're just going to have him in a world of hurt. Mm -hmm. So like, I think our hand actually performs pretty well through a call because we're going to have like 30% equity against his value side. And we're going to be like a two and a half to one favorite against his bluff side. Like, I don't think he's going to have hands like queen jack suited anymore. That, that's a bad example. We dominate that hand. I don't think he's going to have hands like nine, 10 suited, jack 10 suited that could potentially leverage us post. Hmm. Okay. So like when you made it 3,300, you were expecting a fold at a fair frequency? Yes. Yeah, see, I, I, don't, think you, I don't think you find it. Because like if he's truly pulled the way that I think, um, then he might fold out like a third of his range, which is nice, but we also dominate that third. Um, was, do you remember if he was the second blind or the straddle? I think, I think he was a straddle. He was, he was a pure 50. He was, just, he was I think a 50 so. and I was a 25. Yeah, I think so. I think that changes things a lot. Because like if, he's, if I'm the 10 and he's the 25, I think he has like more three bets. Because like, I don't For think he wants size, to... size though? Like why couldn't he just go 600? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, maybe, maybe I played a bet. Um, In real time, I thought your four bet was fine. Yeah. But more I analyze it, like given the sizing that he chooses and the way that I, I feel Hank plays... Yeah. I don't think he's light there very often. That's fair. And when he is, it's just like a hand that's So, smashed. like, the only thing that came through my mind was why would he three-bet and, like, knock out the VIP? But, I, but right. I was just like... Which I think is a good indicator of strength. I agree with you. Yeah. But then I was just like... 
kind of like fuck this guy. Yeah, he's queen. Man, <laughs> like, I played with Hank for three days, and like he just played the most pots and always had it. This is another reason why, because I I was in the game. Yeah, that we played together, and yeah. he like V pips a lot. Yeah, and I was just like, okay, like. He manages the fade showdowns, but like it's it's pretty clear that he has it at a really high frequency, yeah. at least when it matters. And the times that he does show down, it's because he shut down a street. Yeah. So that was a pretty big pot. I make a pretty big fold on the turn. Um, you know, facing all in on ace eight four or ace ten four eight with three spades. Yeah, spades ace ten, are, ace ten four two spades. You check call like third pot on the no, flop. No, sixth pot. Oh, he bet that small. Yeah, he bet like thirteen hundred. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's the only reason. I, I, I might have folded to like 3K or 2,800 yeah. on the yeah, flop. Yeah. Um, but 1,300, I was just like, I can't. Yeah, I thought your post-flop fold was crazy. But um, I do kind of think that like when he goes uber down bet all in on turn, it's pretty hard for him to show up with like, I don't even know what the hell he could possibly have. Listen, man, I almost folded the flop. Because yeah. like I would like when he's stabbing here, like it's hard. Like what do you like? What are your bluffs like in the in a four, huge four bet pot? Like when right. you just choose to call, like you would have to be like bluffing like queens with the queen of spades, which is like stupid. Like I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So, but like I thought like I can't fold to sixth pot. Like. Right. So I folded. I mean, I, I called and then folded the turn. Yeah, you played every street perfectly. <sighs> maybe not the free, maybe not pre maybe not pre flop given like the new information that you're telling me now. But yeah. Um. And then obviously the last hand I played, not the last hand, but like the other memorable hand was like a pretty big fold on King 10, three and a bomb pot. Yeah, with uh, King 10 of diamonds. Yeah, King 10 of diamonds. So what's uh, a bomb three. pot first? Okay, so bomb pot is bomb pots. not my favorite. I literally never win the bomb pots. You're scared, you're shook. Jesse wins bomb pots with like second pair. Yo, you can't get that kid to fold in a bomb pot. Nah, Jesse, Jesse goes hard, man. I like Jesse. <laughs> um, okay, so the bomb pot is everyone is going to anti 4x the, the, the big blind. They're all going to put it in. And it, it, it varies. Like some, some stakes is 5x depending on like what's yeah. easier to throw in. Yeah. Uh, so you're going to anti between like 4 and 5x. Everyone's going to put the money in the middle. That's going to start the pot. And then the action will start to the left of the button, which is the small blind. And then the action will just begin as a regular betting round after the three cards are dealt. Right. So you're up against eight other hands with complete 100% ranges and a flop. Sure. So in this hand, the flop comes down king 10-3 with the king and the 10 of diamonds. I am in middle position. Uh, the small blind is going to choose to check. Action is going to fold to Noel, who's going to bet 300 from like semi-early position. I'm going to choose to call with two pair, which is like probably debatable. And now the small blind smashes worth like five thousand. Noel folds and the action's on me. Yeah. So what do you? This thinking? looks like a draw. What are you thinking? This this looks like a draw for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, I think you have a fist bump call. A fist bump call? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> I mean, like I didn't know anything about that guy, but nah. it seemed like he could be all in with a lot of hands that were worse. Thing is, he never has a worse made hand. That's that's the tricky thing. I don't think he has ten three that often. Well, it's hard. You block it. Uh, maybe though he might just rip it with ten three. I would have paid him off. I know you would. I would have paid him off real quick. I. Yeah, there's I'm sticky in bomb pots. There's a thing about live reads, man. I, so if you replay the footage, he just starts talking. He start, like I'm like ah nah man. No one with a draw is just like yeah super chilling yeah, like, yeah. like I won't even make you. 
wait, man. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. He got yeah, and Noel tanked too with Queen Jack off. Yeah, he's, but Noel's just trying to gamble. Yeah, um, he has yeah. an easy fold. I, I think he's just trying to like preserve face of the bet. Um, I used to do that when I was. I don't know, man. Too. I think he might have wanted to gamble. <laughs> um, there's a couple things. I think that I understand your side. It, it could look like a combo draw, but. I think there's a certain dynamic. Let me explain my side. Right. When you get him talking, it's different. You get him talking, of course, obviously. And so what I said was like, you know, I, I'm really bad at bomb pots. Yeah. And that kind of just like the floodgates open. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. But before that, I was definitely thinking, I'm like, okay, if he has a combo draw, he knows he's up against complete ranges. He could just get snapped. Yeah. Right? So like. But you how, don't care when you have a combo draw. I understand. You care when you have 10-3. No, no, no. So. You don't care right, when fair. you have a combo draw. Yeah. This guy's in for $5,000, and I don't know what $5,000 is to him. Sure. Right? So it's like, yes, I agree with you. You and I don't care when we have a combo draw, but when he's up against a, a completed range that could just have king three yeah. or king ten or tens or kings, he might care. Yeah. So like, I, my mind is thinking, like, how much risk is this person willing to take? I saw him flat with queens before, not four bet, when they got three bet. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like adding things in my head of like, I think he's more risk averse, so he's probably has it. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, now my mind is like, he's leaning heavy. And then I say something and I'm like, okay, he's definitely heavy. Yeah. And then I fold. Yeah. Which looks wild. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. No, I, I think the fold is really good when you go through the process. So basically, like, this is something I talked about in the last webinar and something that uh, Andy and I have discussed, mm -hmm. um, our, our new in-house project manager. Uh, you know, he's, he's been in those streets of 2.5 and below for decades. Uh, I've lived with him off and on for, like, nine years, mm -hmm. uh, whatever. So, like, I understand his thought process pretty well, and I, I, I like where you went with this in the sense that over the last four years, like, these two paradigms emerged, right? Where it was like the intuitive sense and the analytical sense. And people have poured a ton of resources now into the analytical side, where it's like everybody is on the solver train, everybody wants immediate answers, and now we speak in terms of right and wrong, mm. can and can't. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we look for permission from a machine to tell us like what it is that we're allowed to do and what pathways we're allowed to take. Yeah. And because of that, we've neglected the intuitive side a lot. But we all have to remember that we came from that paradigm to begin with. Mm. And there is a lot to be said for our, our human instinct and understanding of our environment and what's going on. So I think like what takes place in this hand is a really good example of that, where you start off by thinking, okay, what combinations are there out there that beat me? Mm. What combinations do I have beat? What's my equity against the hands that I'm beating? Et cetera, et cetera, right? You go down the theoretical pathway of, of, course, of course. do I have better hands in this spot? Do I have worse hands in this spot? What's the worst hand I should be calling with? Absolutely. What's the worst hand he should be shoving? All that stuff, right? Yeah. And we arrive at basically a split decision. King mm -hmm. three is probably the cusp. Yeah. I think 10 three is a very clear fold. Yeah. I think that King 10 is a very clear get in. Yeah. Right? So it's like, okay, well, here we are. We're still at a very difficult decision and we have to now pick apart this profile type we have to pick apart this situation and how we arrived to this decision point, right? Absolutely. And as you begin to run through that aspect of it, asking him questions, engaging with him, finding out if he's comfortable with the risk at hand, finding out more so if he's protecting his hand or if he's just pushing his equity Absolutely. and all these other things. Now you can marry the two together and you can make a really exploitative play that you have utmost confidence in. And like, 
of course, when you're right, you look like a genius. Absolutely, yeah. But, like, it's hard to be wrong here. Like, being wrong mm. would be him showing up with 10-3. Yeah, yeah. And I sure. don't think that that occurs, right? So if you fold and he has queen-jack of diamonds, yeah. you weren't wrong. Right, right. Because that was a hand within the spectrum that you expected to shove. If you fold and he shows 10-3 yeah. or one pair, yeah, it's wild. you were really, really wrong. And now you allowed your paradigm of intuition to influence Absolutely. your theory too much. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I, I felt really good because I felt this was like, I, it felt nice to feel so comfortable in everything I did. Like, yeah. if I checked the ace of clubs and I was wrong, fine. If right. I folded king three and I was right or wrong, fine. Yeah. Like, Every, it's like fine. Like I don't care who's watching. Yeah, like, the ace just, queen fold's a big fold post flop, man. Yeah, that is a big fold, and like probably bigger than the king three, to be honest. You had way less information to go off of. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So it was like I was just like kind of like I'm just gonna play my game. Like I'm not gonna try to like prove anything, and I'm just gonna like play how I play every day at the win, and then just like let that let that be whatever yeah. it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's nice to run well. How so much did you end up winning for the trip? Um, so I won lot. Oh, like a lot. Like maybe like a little under 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were up more than that. Yeah, well, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not the cameras just say crazy shit. They're like, <laughs> he's up 20K. I'm like, what? <laughs> now I got to tell the people that bought a little piece, you know, like, hey, uh, I'm not really up 20K. Right, <laughs> right, know? yeah. It's yeah. like, uh, nah, man, I'm actually up less. <laughs> it's like, and, uh, you know. So they yeah, that's you, fair. They put you in Hish. Hish was the other person at my table. Ah, I can't believe I forgot Hish. Hish oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. That's who started the quadruple straddles. Man, they pay well in San Francisco. Yeah. Quadruple straddle? Yep. What he, the fuck? He, uh, he talked Daryl into putting on the regular straddle. Then he put on the double straddle. And then he looked at the PKC kid and he said, yo, what about a triple straddle? And he's like, I ain't no coward. And then Jay Carver was the next one to act. And he had 2K oh, in front yeah. of him. Jay so Carver he, of course, not. made it 400. Jay Carver is... Yo, I played a hand where Jay Carver straddled to 100. It was the first time we had straddled to 100 all night, and he had $2,000. Baby dick in this game. Mm -hmm. And I looked down at ace nine off in like the low jack, and I was like, I'm gonna fucking limp get his ass. Cause I'm gonna limp, other people are gonna limp, and he's just gonna smash, cause like he's looking for a spot to get it in. Yeah. So I limp, three other people limp, yeah. he smashes, and I go, got him, and call. He is ace king suited. <laughs> people were calling me the anti uh on stream. I don't know what that means. Like, I run really good. I run really good. Mm. And you run really bad. I'm glad I could pay it forward for you. <laughs> I just run hot. Um, the I, was little, heat. I was a little sad, man. I didn't see Carver at all, pretty much. Like, he didn't play any of the backroom games. Yeah, yeah, he didn't play any of the backroom games. And he just, like, I guess he's, you know. I mean, he's, he's a businessman. He's, he's there the whole for, thing. Yeah, yeah, he's there for production and for, for, for running a show else. and all that other stuff. It's like, play sure. is just a caveat. So, Jimmy said they're going to run another game. Another festival October? in September. Really? That's too soon. Well. That's like two weeks. Well, you got a phone call mm -hmm. from our friend Daryl. Oh, shit. And he has a friend called Dr. Ed. Oh, I know Dr. Ed. Well. I know Dr. Ed well. Well, there we go. We're going. Okay. I'll see you there. All right. These games can be bigger. <laughs> well, you know, let's, let's talk a Arizona little bit. Arizona Ed? I don't know who Dr. Ed is, but. I'm pretty sure it's Arizona. I'm happy. He's the best, actually. He's super chill. I also got an invite to, uh. Daryl's Lake. In Kansas? Yes. He owns the lake. He you, built the lake. What are you going to do on a lake, man? You're afraid to go to Tahoe. Listen, he invites... His lake fits 2,400 people. 2,400 people? Yes. That's, that's the, a big piece of that's property. That's the party that he runs. Oh, wow. <laughs> When's this party? 
we're going. And we got the invite. I'm in. When is it? Uh, he said... He's honestly, like, one of the sweetest humans I've yeah. come across. I don't know if you heard his backstory at all. Yeah, he was a foster kid. Yeah, and he I've... developed, like, a foundation yeah. where uh, they're trying to, like, help place. So the big, the, the big area of focus that uh, his cause is related to is once foster kids turn 18, he said basically the way the system is set up is that foster parents are incentivized to house these kids because they're paid. Mm. The second the kid turns 18, the parents are no longer compensated. And the so, vast majority of them just kick them out on their birthday. Wow. That's so like up. he said there will be girls that will like be halfway through their senior year and will suddenly be homeless. We'll find wow. them so, uh, I think he said something like 73% of girls in foster care are pregnant by the age of like 21. Wow. dude. Something absurd. And like something absurd, like over 50% like uh, abuse drugs by the age of like 21 or something like that. Like crazy, crazy, crazy numbers. So um yeah, yeah for sure i feel like we should put like a link in the video of like his foundation here like some people yeah for sure it. uh he has a book out too uh that we all immediately bought off amazon i haven't gotten a chance to yeah. dive in yet but it cool. seems like it's a pretty interesting story he's a really interesting guy he goes super hard man he I it know. was 4 a.m yeah and he was just like standing i'm gonna do it for the camera he was just like standing he's like club 4 a.m he's, he's like 75 <laughs> and then he's also telling like he's like you play too slow <laughs> like to like Jesse or something yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was amazing I'm just like I don't know if the camera's on me but if they didn't you get the point no yeah he's a really good dude he's one of those guys that like I actually feel bad I felt really bad like watching him lose despite the fact that I know he can he can, uh, he can afford, it, afford with, it yeah with interest yeah yeah it's just it sucks because like because his cause is so good you know well his cause is good he's also very outmatched like it's clear that he just plays very 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 low level recreationally yeah um but, you know, it's one of those things, like, this is a byproduct of just being he's a just poker trying to, He's trying to blow off steam, probably, like, working really hard, you know? Like, he definitely doesn't give a shit. I give more of a shit than he does. That's oh, very sure. clear. For sure. For sure. Um, you know, you don't just, have a lake. No. <laughs> like, you don't own the lake. It was the funniest thing. This is how the lake thing came up, you know, before we wrap up. He's like, he's like, yeah, you know, like, on my lake, we just do these parties sometimes. And I'm like, and then I, I'm, like, replaying the sentence. And I'm like, what does he mean by my lake? <laughs> You know, I'm like, I'm like, you mean the lake? And I'm like, I'm like, wait, Daryl, what do you mean my lake? Like, you own the lake? He's like, yeah, I built it. And I'm like, you built a lake? And then he expands and says, yeah, last time we had 2,400 people. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm doing the wrong thing. Like, 100%. Yeah, yeah. There's no way I am in the right business. I'll work for you. <laughs> like, whatever. Yeah. Um, so that was great. He was, he was a blast. He was humble beginnings, man. He, came, he was a teacher for like, I think like 15 or 20 years or something. And then he got into re real estate development, which mm. is how everybody gets their boom. <sighs> Bitcoin, please. Yeah. Go, go up. Soar. Go up. We need a lake. <laughs> <laughs> lake solve for why. Yeah. Google. We'll it. Google it. Um, all right. You have anything to add? You have any uh, last thoughts for the week? Anything no. we need to promote? No. Anything I you want to get off your chest? No. Any, you, did you want to go to Burning Man? No. No, never. You seem like I, not a burning man. I, I enjoy camping. Uh, I would be very annoyed camping in that environment, I think. I don't like camping, dude. I, yeah. I don't like bugs. Listen, I stop. <laughs> I'm a pussy. Yo. We know. You come from an island, man. <laughs> Yo. I was, so we were driving down from, from Reno, and we get like right outside Death Valley, right? Yeah. And we're hungry. And also, like, there's also no more gas stations right, for right. a while. So we stop, and there's like a Denny's. So we like walk in the Denny's, right? And there's a Denny's on this side, and then there's like something else on the other side. 
So I walk in, we walk into Denny's, and I'm like, yeah, you know, Denny's is probably because I get some eggs and stuff. And then I feel a bug on my neck. Mm. And I start thinking all these things. <laughs> like, it's a scorpion. Right. We're in Death Valley. It mm. could be a, a black widow spider. Sure. And, and I just like, I can't go inside anymore. That's it? I just turn around. You're just paralyzed with fear. I, I go to the other place. Because I feel like there's more of whatever this bug is on I this side. I can't handle you. You're so fucking extra. But what if, like, we're in, like, a Black Widow nest? What, a, what about it? You could die in the Death Valley. They know. They know. You think there's a hospital in the Death Valley? Yeah. You think you're going to be okay? Yeah, I think you're going to be no, okay. No, I think there's, like, a doctor that, like, visits homes. It's fine. He'll suck like, the venom out. You'll no, be fine. No, no, no. There's no venom safer. It's, 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 a, it's a remote town, not 1940. No, no, no. I start Googling, like, how many people died in Death Valley <laughs> and, and, and how they died. And it's oh, like, man, poor Chris. And I'm like, Listen. yo, I heard you told Chris you don't think he's funny. I this is <laughs> such bullshit. This he, is this is the he's problem. upset, man. First of all, he's a fucking listen. Do you like uh, electronic music? Yeah, right. But would you say Steve Aoki sucks? No, no. But you don't like his music. You yeah, know? you're like, eh, whatever, you know. That's kind of what I said to him. <laughs> I'm like, listen, it's not that I think you suck. I don't like your taste. I don't like that funny. Like, it's not my thing. Doesn't mean you suck. Doesn't mean I wouldn't invest in you. Doesn't mean I wouldn't give you a platform on Software Wire. I would do everything you need, just as I would if Steve Aoki wanted to be on Software Wire. Great. I don't like electronic music. But if Steve Aoki <laughs> wants to perform at Software Wire for the Academy, he's welcome to do so. But that's what I said. So what you're saying is you have bad taste in humor. I don't like a person. He makes fun of truckers. That's funny. Oh, okay. I don't find it funny. Okay. Like I like things that are like complex funny. Like oh, you're Mr. Sophisticated. I like humor that's complex. I don't like humor that's like, oh, there's a truck there. Like that's not funny. To hit me. me. Hit me with some of your complex humor. No, Give me some I don't examples. know. I, I know that like the people I like are more complex. Who, who are the sophisticated comedians that you're into? Like, I like Dave Chappelle. I like okay. Bill Burr. I like, uh, like some of the guys that are on TV, like Oliver. Um, I like... These guys aren't all that sophisticated, man. But, like, it's more complex than the shit I'm seeing on Instagram, man. Like, I don't what know. What do? Bill Burr's talking about dicks and shit. And Bill Burr's a little bit... He's a little racist. But, yeah, like, I, you know... Things aren't what you want them to be. Like, if you, I don't like Steve Aoki's music. Doesn't mean he sucks. I can appreciate it. Same thing with uh, Chris's comedy. I agree it's subjective in nature. Correct. So I what just, do you want me to do? I just think he's funny, that's all. Okay, you think he's funny. I think that there are people that think he's funny, and that's great. <laughs> what do you want me to do, man? Jesus. Like, what? I don't know, man. I don't know. Don't don't burst the kid's bubble. You don't like mayonnaise. Don't, you're right. I, I don't, like mayonnaise. I don't like mayonnaise. Does mayonnaise suck? Yeah, it sucks. Okay, but I don't think it sucks. <laughs> and a lot of mayonnaise is a probably a billion dollar business. If I was friends with mayonnaise, I wouldn't tell him that I didn't like his humor. No, the, you have to be honest with your friends, okay? <laughs> because when he invites me to his seventieth show, I'm not gonna want to go. I'll go to the first one to mm, support. Sure. But I probably, I'll, probably give, I'll probably give away the tickets to the second one. Mm, that's yeah. fucked up. No, the second one is not the same thing. Okay. okay. I, don't like, I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. It's fucked up. I, what do you want me to do? This is, this is Chris's new goal in life. He's got to make you laugh. You're the audience he needs to crack. You want to hit the masses? 
Maybe, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. It's not my thing. Like, you gotta be, you gotta bring the heat. You gotta bring the heat. You can't just be on some like, like lollipop funny. <laughs> you gotta bring the heat. Complexity rhymes. Like, it's like rapping. You can't just be like, like uh, bubblegum rap. It has to right. be like complex with metaphors and similes and 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 storylines. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Look at this guy. You think this guy laughs? No. Make this guy laugh, then I'll think. That's Nick Howard. He's joining us. <sighs> I can't do Nick Howard, man. We're going to have a three-way. I can't do three-ways. Why not? It's too hard. Like, this was my last, this was actually my last topic. Okay. So, I was reading the comments. The people want the relationship talk. I they didn't see any it. of those comments. I saw it, man. Pull it up. Pull it up. They were like, women, more women talk over poker? This is my new favorite podcast. I, I think you're, uh. You're, you're being pretty liberal with repeating that quote. No, that's what he said. Okay. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, it's not verbatim, but it's definitely sure. within the context of what we're talking about. Mm. So, I was having a discussion with this nice lady at Reno. Ooh. And she's like, oh, um, you know, there's not that many women poker players and, and stuff like, you know, um, and things like that effectively just kind of started talking about like dating within poker sure so how do you think poker players should approach dating given the fact that there's just like a nine to one ratio of from which perspective how to how should guys approach it or how should girls approach it either like both like how how should women date men in poker don't don't shit where you eat man oh so just like leave or be gay or no what do you want to do just date people outside of poker but how do you do that? How do you how do you do that? Because like most people date people within the, the the scope of their network. Nah, haven't you ever heard the saying "Don't shit where you eat"? You have a lot of sayings. Like the next, you're gonna say like <laughs> "Don't bring sand to the beach." Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying like people like like generally, uh, dating coworkers isn't like a super sought after thing. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong; it happens. Like you share the same space day in and day out. Dude, I watch Grey's Anatomy. They all date each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also a dramatized show. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Like, this definitely happens. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's just, I don't know, man. It, it's difficult in poker because it's an emotional fucking game. Yeah, but, like, I've seen some power couples, like, be out there, man. Fox and Christy look great. Okay. They look great. I see Maria Ho, Maria Ho with uh, the Germans. They're not together nope. anymore. <laughs> oh, sorry, bro. <laughs> all right, well. There's a market for you, Maria Ho. There's a 9 to 1 ratio. Um so, but there's some power couples that do develop. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? This is real talk. This is this isn't a lollipop show anymore. This is how it is. <laughs> what? See, that's oh, funny. You like uh, my funny. I'm laughing at you, not <laughs> no, with man, you. Dude, you're, laughing, you're laughing with me, man. No, you Also, oh, you don't like the way I, I my jokes. So you don't like. You see, it all loops around. Oh God damn it, man! Just you know, like. We used to talk about big <laughs> subjects and, you know, try to get to the root Nick of Howard's things. Nick Howard's going to be back. It's going to be a three-way, <laughs> man. I'm telling now, you. Now we're giving Maria Hope dating advice. I, I'm just... No, nah, no. Nah, she could get any man she wants. I'm it's a nine-to-one ratio. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. I, I don't know. I don't know what this show has devolved into right now. But people wanted this. I, uh, they want to know. I think that, you know, if you find someone you like, you should be gracious about it and date them and if it goes well that's how do you awesome. go about that 
What do you mean? Like, like how do you get a date? Yeah, like if you, all right, let, let's say hypothetically speaking, right? You go to Florida, right? You, you like Florida. You like the beach. Yeah. You get there. I don't live there, though. All right, that's cool. This, that's why I'm adding the complexity of it all. Okay. Right? You go to Florida, and you're like, sit down at this tournament table. Nice lady, also from Vegas. Hmm. Right? But you don't know her. Sure. She plays 2-5. Yeah. Right. And she's like, you see her, you feel her. You're looking at her. She's probably Dominican. <laughs> and then you're like, damn, she's fly. Like, okay, talk to me. How you do it? I don't do anything. You just, you just let her come to you? No. Like, you, you flex? No. First of all, like, I, I do my damnedest to not date with inside the walls of poker. Okay. But even if I were... No, but like you're wide-eyed right now. Like yeah, you, sure. You got, like you got it, hit with the... Trust me, it happens. I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But like I'm not one to to like cross lines in that regard. I, it's not even that like I'm a pussy. It's just more so that like I don't... Like the poker table, the gym, and you know, I, specifically those two places, yeah. I don't think are places to pick up women. Okay. Like don't get me wrong... They're probably the places where I'm most likely to meet somebody that I'm compatible with. Right. But, <laughs> yeah, like, women don't go to the gym to be hit on. They go there for a workout. I feel like you're a Twitter. Like, you're a Twitter figure. It's like, like you're going to hit up. so? Like, you're going to hit her up on Twitter. Like, oh, it was nice playing with you. No, I don't do that. Okay, so what do you do? I, you I, just I, let her go? Yeah. This could be your wife, man. I don't think that way. Like, I, I don't know, man. I, I haven't thought that way in, like, 15 years. Like, I don't feel like. Dang. I don't feel serendipitous. I'm I'm 37. Yo, what the <laughs> hell is serendipitous? Do you believe in fate? I never thought about it. Will you get me your phone number? Don't think about it. Just say the first thing that pops into your head. You have beautiful eyes. Second thing that pops into your head. You have beautiful eyes. Come on now, stop it. Is this a date yet? Just checking. Favorite movie? The correct answer is Cool Hand Luke. Favorite sexual position? Favorite New York moment? This one's climbing the charts. I'm flattered. Maybe you should give me your phone number. That was an accident. There are no accidents. This is wrong. You don't have the most incredible night of your life and then leave it all to chance, do you? See this book? I do. Tonight when I get home, I'm going to write my name and number inside it. And then first thing tomorrow morning, I'm going to sell it to a used bookstore. What happens if I meet somebody before I find it? You won't. That's just crazy. Hey. It's Sarah. My name's Sarah. John Cusack, Kate Beckinsale. When love feels like magic, you call it destiny. When destiny has a sense of humor, you call it serendipity. They say that once in your lifetime, someone comes along whom you're absolutely meant to be with. For my friend, that person was me. We're God like, damn, <laughs> bro. Never. We were having a conversation. <laughs> like, we were chilling. We were bros. Like, we were like, you know, we're going, we're just talking. And you're like, uh, I don't feel serendipitous. <laughs> Oh man, it's it's just like I don't feel like life just like magically opens doors for you where it's just like this is your moment to either shit or get off the pot. And it's like, you know, whatever. Like you're gonna meet people the way you meet people, and like you're gonna get along with people that you get along with, yeah. and things will evolve from there. Everything's work. Like at the end of the day, everything's work. <laughs> and I know that sounds Jesus. like bleak, but that's 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 just the truth. It's like 
Listen, guys, I'm going to get live your dreams, man. If you want to talk to her, just go and say, like, hi. Like, just say, just say hi. Just, just like. That's just, what you do? You just yeah, say that Dominican swag? You got to be like, hi, my name's Christian. Mm. And then she'll say her name. And then you just be like, oh, like, you know, like, what are you doing here? You play her all the time. That's it. Like, sure. literally, that's just how it works, man. Like, live your dreams. Like, you can do it. Everything is not work. Like, <laughs> like don't believe that, man. Like, live it. From live that it. moment yeah. on. It's work. Oh, so you're just like after the moment of high. From that moment yeah. on, when she's like, you know what? I'm kind of feeling you too. We're yeah. going to make an arrangement. Let's get some dinner. From that very second on, you're on the goddamn clock. God. You are planning. <laughs> you are mapping. You are, you are considering But it's her. enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, most of my work <laughs> is enjoyable too. Things that I choose to work for and work on absolutely are enjoyable and are passions. But like, let's not get it twisted. You're doing work. <laughs> Relationships are worth something nice to look at, man. That's what does nice. that even mean? You see, like, yo, you're jaded, man. <laughs> yeah, you're jaded, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna bring it to DR. I'm gonna bring it to DR. You're gonna, then you're gonna talk to some women. You're gonna learn Spanish and everything. <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna learn Spanish. You're gonna come out of there like, hola, mami, como tu estás? Yo, you know what? I promise you, I won't. <laughs> yeah, I promise you, you're gonna be saying that. You're gonna say that. No, all right. Well, with that said, Soft White Vlogcast is out. Live your dreams, speak to women, play poker, travel for cash games, serendipitous, hello, bye-bye. <laughs>